Hello, Wise Owls. Welcome to episode number nine of the Wise Owl podcast. Let's get into this. So, yes, episode number nine is here. It's currently Friday afternoon, the day before the Middlesbrough game where we play them uh, at the Riverside away. I'm your host for today, Harry Edwards, your wise owl, as always. How are you all doing today? I'm feeling very good. It's Friday. I've been off work this week on holiday, so I've had a bit of a chill time. Been smashing FIFA. Played uh, played as Wednesday on FIFA as well, actually, and uh, they are they are not very good. Um, no golds. If, if any of you guys uh, play play FIFA, we don't have any golds in the side. Bannon's very close. Um, Westy's very close. I think Westy could be a gold, really, if um, FIFA were being kind. But anyway, yeah, so I've been smashing that. Went to the Everton game. I missed the Fulham game because I was away. I was in Manchester at Warehouse Project, if anybody knows what that is. That's that's a mad, mad session. Absolutely crazy. Um, I would highly recommend a lot of the younger fans who listen to this to go. It is absolutely top draw. Warehouse project was insane. Unfortunately, though, I did miss the Fulham game, but I made it up. I went to the Everton game. We watched that. So I'm going to talk mainly about the Everton game, really. Delve into a little bit about the Fulham game from what I've seen with the highlights and, and what people have told me. Um, talk a bit about Middlesbrough and talk a bit about uh, some of the points that have come up in uh, in the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks since I did the last podcast. So, yeah, let's get into this. So, the first thing that I'd like to mention, really, is is kind of off the pitch. Um, so, about a certain fan called Tango. I'm sure that everybody who listens to this will know who Tango is. If you are not a Wednesday fan listening to this, which is quite weird, but if you if you do listen to this, just for the for the joy of listening to my beautiful voice which is quite croaky at the moment because i'm not very well again every time i do a bloody podcast i'm i'm not very well but yeah anyway if you know who tango is you know what wednesday is and vice versa tango his real name is paul gregory he uh he's always the guy that is topless at the games he's a big fat bloke <laughs> big fat bald bloke who goes to every match Week in, week out. He goes to every Wednesday game at home, every Wednesday game away, every England game home and away. You know, at the start of this season, when we went to the Lincoln game in the pre-season, he came straight from the England game when they were away. Uh, they were somewhere, they were playing some team abroad. Um, and he came straight there with his suitcase, went to the pub at Lincoln and... Uh, and he went straight to watch Wednesday. That's his dedication. He, he's the most dedicated, loyal fan you'll ever meet. And he's not from Sheffield. He's actually from uh, Wolverhampton. He's a brummy, brummy. And uh, he uh, he was in the All Wednesday film, and he talks about how how he just went to watch a Wednesday game, and he fell in love with the fans and the club and the team. And ever since then. This that were a long time ago, like thirty years ago, and ever since then, he's just completely fell in love with the club and and been to every game since. He's got no relation to it, but you know that that just it just brought him. 
put him in a family, I guess. Um, you know, the the most loyal fan you've ever met. But he has been in uh, the news recently. Not for the best of reasons, but yeah, as I say, I, I have I have him on Facebook. He's a very very nice man. He always wishes me happy birthday. He knows my cousin quite well. Um, my cousin has um, quite severe autism, and he's very very good. At Paul or Tango, he's very very good when he sees him. Don't see him a lot at all really, um, because we don't sit that much near him anymore at the games and. Um, you know, since I haven't been going, I've kind of not really realised how much my cousin's actually been in contact with Paul, but or Tango. But yeah, he's always been really good for him. You know, Tango was, you know, kind of like a a poster boy as such at some points for Wednesday. You know, if you saw Tango, you knew Wednesday were playing. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, he's been in the news. I I don't know how true this is at the moment, but it seems to be pretty true. Uh, from his Facebook and from uh, other information that's been passed out there, he's um, he's been banned for two years. Now, uh, if he went to the Rotherham game uh, in the Cup, he got kicked out of the Rotherham game. I think from what it sounds like, he was you know there was a bit of drama caused with the fans, uh, with the Rotherham fans. You know, I don't know what sparked who who were right riling up who but anyway he got kicked out with his missus and um and then uh also some um issues in the qpr game which i believe it might have been with a female steward from what it sounds like but i'm not sure what was said i'm not sure what was done i'm not sure whether he was actually even at fault now i uh it's a tough one this because He's a massive, massive fan of the club. He's a, a well-known fan. He's more like a mascot rather than a fan. So, you know, when he gets banned for two years, it's quite a a big statement, especially with how much of a diehard fan he is. So, and even the get the last two games he's not been to, he's actually been in the Wednesday tap where where he's mates. So, you know, I don't know where it's actually come from. I don't know what he's actually done. If it's something that he's possibly sexist or uh, he might have done something with a, a female steward or if it was something else like homophobia or racism or anything like that, then you have got to clamp down on it. And and to be fair, it's, it is a shame, but you, you've got to... You can't make exceptions because for if it was a normal fan and he did the same you would expect them to be banned for the same amount of time. So he's just an ordinary fan. He's just a fan that everybody knows. So, But as I say, it is a big statement to 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 ban him for two years from games. So it is a bit of a warning, but what what do you do? Do you... You've got to... I, I understand where Wednesday are coming from, if it was Wednesday actually who banned him or if it was the EFL who got involved... Or maybe it was Rotherham, they told Wednesday about it and then Wednesday had to get involved, maybe it was something like that. But I'm not sure who actually brandished the two-year ban. But as I say, if it's something discriminative, what happened, then it don't really matter who you are, you've got to clamp down on it. But, you know, 
it's a tough one. It's a real tough one because he's he's a very nice guy. I, I've known him for a, a long time. Everybody knows him in, in their own way. He does look rough. When you see him from afar, he's got tattoos and he's topless and he's bold and, you know, he, he just looks rough and ready to go. But really, if you're all right with him, he's all right with you. I, I've never seen him in trouble ever before. What happens has, has happened. So, it, it's a, as I say, I don't know where I stand on it, really. I, it is a shame because... You know, he was a bit a part of the family. You know, if you, it's like losing a family member, really, in a football game. You know, like where you have Tango and you have the band, even though a band gets quite a lot of stick. You know, it's there, and you know you have the mascots and everything about the day is makes it that family feel to it. And Tango was a part of that, so you know when Wednesday ban tango it's kind of in a way if you don't know the ins and outs of it it's kind of like saying um it's basically kind of like saying to to the fans that we don't want this to be a family club we don't want this shit in our club we want it to be a business we want it to run it like a business and that's what it kind of feels like from from the um the information that has been given to me on twitter and the opinions and feelings that's what the gist of it seems like. Maybe because nobody really knows the ins and outs. If it was something deadpan, like he hit one of the female stewards, there is no way. Everyone's like, well, fair enough. Yeah, getting banned. Everybody else would be in the same boat, so fair point to him. He's making him apologise, blah, blah, blah. It's It's a tough... I keep saying it, but it, it's a very, very tough situation to to say which side you're on because you know since everyone knows Tango you you feel like you know Tango as a mate so you feel like you want to stick up for him but on the other side if he's done something that isn't right is that maybe have you got to accept the the dealings of of what Wednesday's done and and the ban um I maybe I might have a bit of a poll on Twitter, see what people think of it. I have had mixed reviews. A lot of people, are, people who probably don't know what's happened, are more towards Tango, and some people are like, well, he's a topless idiot anyway, so getting banned. So it, it's a bit half and half, but um, yeah, it's. I feel personally a little bit more sad for him at the moment. But if he's done something what is not right, then he's got to accept the facts. Um, and I'd be quite disappointed if he'd done something like that. But, as you say, everyone makes mistakes. So, you know, if he came out and apologised, apologises, then then maybe something can get worked out. But, anyway, it's a bit of an open question, that one. But, there you go. But, anyway, on to the next thing. We're on to on the pitch. Gary Monk... Has been in charge now for a, for a couple of games. Uh, the Huddersfield game where we, we played okay. You know, we, we did what we needed to do. We scored at the right times and we won. In the Fulham game, uh, from what it sounds like, even though I didn't go, it sounded like Fulham are a bunch of dirty bastards. So, I'm surprised as well with Scott Parker because he's kind of known as kind of like a quite sensible type character and having a bullshit team like that. It's bollocks. 
So that's annoying. But I didn't really go, so I can't say the ins and outs of it. But, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like we deserve something from the game. And we did. Knew you, last minute, get in. Banged it in. It was a lovely diving header. Um, a lovely lovely run down the side of the wing by Kadeem Harris again. Super Kadeem Raheem Harris. So that's a, that's what we need. We need that togetherness right till the last whistle. And, and we got a point from that, which I think we deserved from what it sounds like. The Everton game, which I did go to, just over 21,000 there. Again, I thought we played pretty well. Um, I don't know whether it were us actually who played well or whether Everton were shit. But you can understand. I assume any, anybody who did go to the Everton game will realise how or why Everton are doing this bad. They stand, like When I, I sit quite close to the front on the south side and I can see all the players train, warming up and training while the game's going on. And... On the bench, there were that Moise Keane, there was uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and there was Seamus Coleman. Now, Gilfie Sigurdsson and Moise Keane combined nearly cost a hundred million pounds. They've got all, but they've probably got more than a hundred million pounds worth of um, a player on the bench. And on the front, on the field, Richarlison, fifty million. You had, um, you know, Calvert Lewin were a couple of million, I think. Where um, they? Who else have they got? Uh, Michael Keane, twenty-five million. Pickford, thirty million. You know, you've got some really top, top draw, like really expensive players, and they just looked average, very, very average. Um, I think we started off very well. First five minutes, it were all Wednesday. Winnell should have scored in first five minutes. Took, took a bit of an extra touch. And then they just got a lucky break, ran down the wing, Cavalier in the right place at the right time and, and did finish it well, uh, which made it 1-0. And it was, it, was, it was a bit sour, to be fair, because we looked like we were going to give them a game and then you thought, oh, God, like, I hope this doesn't get any worse. And then five minutes later in the 10th minute, it was, uh, it was 2-0. So then you think, God, this could be an hammer in here. Like... We haven't played that bad and it could be a real hammering. But then, from there, to be fair, the the clear-cut chances that we created compared to Everton, we probably created more, to be fair. You know, Winnell should have scored that header as well. I offer had a very good chance at the back post. I'd say Winnell should have scored in the first minute. But, overall, we went for it. We did go for it. We deserved at least a goal from that. Maybe not a win... I don't think we really deserved enough to win, but, you know, I thought um, Cameron Dawson played very well. Uh, he made a very good save to stop Calvert-Lewin getting his hat-trick. He, uh, he, he did, you know, the two goals, there weren't really a lot you could do about it, especially the second one. It was more more bad defending, really, than than the keeper's issue. Um, Fox, I thought Fox played quite well. Uh, he he did what he needed to do on on the wing. He was quite confident. Thornley looked very good. He looked cool and calm on the ball. I offer looked looked a bit shaky the first ten because he was trying to work out Calvert Lewin. But then I think he did after the first ten minutes. Um, he worked him out. 
but unfortunately they were already two up by then so if we would have maybe held on that extra 10 minutes I think we might have might have done alright but yeah I offer they kind of had that the, the I offer and Thornley had that Thornley were going to stick in and just stay where he were and I offer were going to come to the ball and, and maybe track back uh, if, if players took him on because he had that pace so uh, they, they did work him out it was it quite simple and then uh, I thought best two players to be fair Pelly Pessi and Luongo I thought they were excellent in midfield they cut play up they were strong they were bulldogs you know to be fair Pelly Pessi's always looked quite cool but he's never really got he's always like a minute behind the ball he's never got anything about him you know like Hutchinson he'll break up play and be that real like nasty man in midfield where you know he'll crop him and take the ball and make a good pass and start the attack Pelly Pessi would never do that he'd, he'd maybe intercept the ball but then pass it back or pass it sidewards and never pass forward and that was a bit it was uh, I felt felt a bit bad for him last night because I were ripping him a lot and to be fair he, he played very very well one of the best players on that pitch last night he was brilliant same with Luongo Longo's a real bulldog. I imagine Longo in a midfield three would look very, very good. So those two were excellent. My two favourite players. Uh, Murphy as well. I thought he looked good. He got himself stuck in a bit. He uh, he ran for the ball because other than the first game against Barnsley, from the games what I've seen him in, he, he's looked a little bit on the lazy side. He's quick and that's what we need. But he is a little bit on the lazy side. Uh, sometimes but he uh, he got stuck in last night he got really stuck in uh, well not last night on Tuesday Reach got stuck in as well he he made himself known maybe a little bit short on the pace but he he um, he looked very good he's you know been dipping in and out of games recently I've, I've he's a bit half and half Reach like sometimes you can see him and go bloody hell yeah he's got a worldie there and he's played really well and made a difference and then some games you can, you can lose him on a pitch you don't know where he is so oh yeah Odebaggio forgot about Odebaggio right back I thought um, Odebaggio it's a tough one because he played to be fair he has had a lot of stick because um, he has got that mis- that mistake in him I said that at the start, actually, before the start of the season. He had that; he's got that mistake in him, but he's got that pace to recover. And he's, um, but he's defending. He's always got a mistake in him, but he's got that pace to get forward. He looks to me more like a, a winger rather than a wing. He's more of a wing back and a winger rather than a right back. So, I imagine in a, in a back five, which why when Bruce had him at uh, Hull. He was in a back five. So, you know, you had that that safety net at the back that if Odebaggio could push up, he's still got four at the back. But if you've only got three at the back, that, that changes things. And, uh, yeah, he has got a mistake in him. Now, when Bruce signed him, maybe Bruce was going to test the five at the back field at some point. But we are we really need that pace. So is it worth the risk of playing him? just for the pace over Palmer or over Iorfa possibly 
Do, would you would you play Palmer at left back normally and Odebadu at right to get the pace, or or once Lee's back fit, would you play Iorfa instead? Maybe you'd play Iorfa to still keep that pace, but we are calling out for speed in our team, so I don't think I'd get rid of him. I'd, even though he has got that mistake and he has had a lot of stick, you know, what are your other options? Palmer, who's better defensively but got no pace really about him or not a lot of pace. Maybe Iorfa would be the other option, but would you rather have him as a centre-back? I'm not sure. Um, maybe have a little poll on that on Twitter later as well. But Yeah, so Iorfa, half and half really, but has got the mistake in him. Um, and then strikers started off with um, Nuiu and Winnell. I thought Nuiu, to be fair to him, I know he gets a lot of stick, but I think he played very, very well. He did what he needed to do. You know, he, he held up the ball, won every header. Probably didn't use him enough, actually, at some points. But he he were a real captain, you know. Because, as I say, I'm close to the pitch, so you can kind of see what he's doing. And he really were going into the to the players because he, wa- he wants to win he wants to win he wants people to win he wants Wednesday to win sorry and and uh, he just looked really really good he, he was strong he caused a lot of problems upfield maybe Willow playing off him a bit more might have helped maybe if he had Rhodes next to New U that, that maybe would work but yeah again Winnell played very well um, but the problem is is that he he didn't score. He had those chances. He had two chances and he didn't score. That's the difference between a, a proper striker and and a Wednesday striker. That's that's the difference. To If he would have netted those two or one of the two, then he's probably got... He's probably playing on... Uh, he's probably playing tomorrow against Middlesbrough. He's probably got a chance of staying in the team a lot because he's on a bit of a roll, but... You know, he didn't show anything like, right, okay, we'll we'll get him in the team. Once um, we made the substitutions, we brought on Rhodes and Fletcher. And, uh, yeah, we uh, so those two played up front. They just did a swap for Winnell and Nui at different stages of the game. Um, he, yeah, and then Harris, Kadeem Harris came on. Harris looked a bit of a handful, um, you know, once he came on. You know, he he beat that Sadibi, who I thought he was Sadibi for Everton was probably the only good player who played very well. You know, he he had a tough game against Murphy because Murphy played well, but he did break it down. You know, very strong, very quick, just did what he needed to do. But Harris took him on a few times. Harris would have had it from him. So having that bit of extra pace, maybe we're our first team out. I think we would have caused them more problems. Maybe might have even won, but. Uh, yeah, Fletcher just kind of did Fletcher and, and, and Rhodes got a little bit stuck in, but again, didn't really add, didn't really score the goal. And, and you know, you had four strikers on and nobody scored. And I know it's against a Premier League side, but they were very average. I can understand why Sheffield United beat them uh, last week because they were brass, they were terrible. So, I, I don't know. Um, they weren't very good. We we played very, very, very well. We went for it. That's what I was happy about. That we didn't sit back. We didn't think, God, this is a, a Premier League team. Let's just make sure they don't score four or five. It's like when we went to Chelsea last year, when we had Lukai still. 
um, you know, we we went there. Or I think it was no, we didn't have Lukai. No, it was um, it was before Brucey came in. But when when it was um, Agnew as manager, and we just went there and we completely sat back against Chelsea. I know we probably wouldn't have won. They play a strong team where Hudson had. Adoy and William and William had a mad game, but really they weren't anything special, and we just let them sit back. We thought, to be fair, you might as well lose six nil, but proper go for it, rather than sit back and lose four nil, which should probably happen. You know, it's like yesterday. Maybe we would have sat back against Everton on Tuesday, and you know it might have been four or five nil. You know, Cavett Lewin had the scoring. The scoring um, boots on on Tuesday, so you know he would have finished a lot of shots. So when normally in the league he can't. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm I'm happy that we went for it. You know, a monk a monk had been questioned a bit because in the Fulham game we were quite defensive. In the Huddersfield game we were relatively defensive as well. So he had that feeling of God is this going to be another Lukai where we're just so defensive and not go for it but against Everton we did we played well we did we went for it to be fair it was a bit annoying the first time you thought bloody hell this is going to be a right riot here but we held on we held on we composed ourselves and we we ended up coming out of the game with nothing but we'll play worse than that and win so against good teams as well we'll play worse than that and win so Overall, I was happy. So hopefully against Middlesbrough, we can we can get a win under his belts. They're mid-table as well. It'd do us a world of good if we got a win against Middlesbrough this weekend. It'd take us up to mid-playoff like mid playoff table, I reckon, if we got a win. So fingers crossed. Let's, uh, let's hopefully that, that, that happens. But as I say, in the Everton game as well, um, nobody played really well for them. Even Calvert Lewin, who scored two, he just—he was just the right. He was in the right place at the right time. His positioning was very good, which is why he got the goals. But really, other than that, he didn't do anything. Um, Sadibi was probably the only one that played well. Pickford didn't really have a lot to do, um, but he made the saves when he needed to. Um, that Yerimina is a massive cheat. I hate him, especially after the England situation when he were, were a prick and then, um, and then also did the uh, score in the last minute, which was also a prick move. So, yeah, he was annoying. Um, you know, Digny didn't really do anything. Richarlison got a knock early on and didn't do anything. So that was annoying. Uh, for Everton fans, I imagine the Everton, uh, even the Everton fans were disappointed. Yeah, they brought a lot of fans, and they didn't really make any noise. You know, they did at the start, but then it just like went a bit downhill. So, you know, I thought we were we were better on and off the pitch. To be fair to them, so yeah, I think uh, you can understand why the Premier League team they've got that power. They look like they like went the. The players at Wednesday didn't have that power about them. They looked professional, Everton. Wednesday looked a bit like Sunday leaguers, but were like, right, this is an opportunity, let's go for it. They, that's what it felt like. You felt like these players are very good. You know, they were all very fit and um, 
energetic, unlike some of the Wednesday players. You know, all the play, even the slow players, who you would think are slow, were still quick. Um, you know, like the centre-back, Thierry Mina. If you play FIFA, I know how stupid this sounds, but if you play FIFA, his pace is like 40 on it. You know, if you've got 40 pace on FIFA, you're not very quick. Um, might be a bit quicker than 40, but it's not much quicker. Um, but really, he was very, very quick. Very, very quick indeed. So, but we, yeah, as I say, we, we showed what Wednesday can do and we showed what, going on show what we can achieve and I reckon if we play like that for the rest of the season in our first team I don't think we'll do too bad I don't think we'll do too bad at all but yeah on to Middlesbrough I'm not going unfortunately again I've I've been terrible I've, I've had a season ticket I've barely been to any games I've just been so busy recently um, again uh, but the Wigan game uh, the week after that's back. That's a very personal game for me. It's the uh, it's the Harry Edwards uh, game where because it's where I was born versus the team that I love. So I do I do like going to that game. So that'll be fun. So yeah, I will probably see you all at the Wigan game. Any more updates you have, let us know. Once again, thank you all for your support. I really appreciate it. I love everyone messaging me. It's amazing. Uh, I love talking to you guys on on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is my main domain, so if you make sure to follow me on that and and hit me up and um, you know ask me any questions that you want to, I'll I think of doing a few more polls. Try and think of another giveaway to do soon. But yeah, um, thank you all very much for watching or listening. Should I say <laughs> thank you very much for listening? I've been your wise owl, Harry Edwards. Up the owls. I'll see you next time.